Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back to another episode. This ep- this week's episode, I'm solo dolo again, um, but I really want to thank um, my two guests from last week, Shauna uh, at Real to Shauna and Chantel from Terminator Talk. If you couldn't guess it, Chantel is also my sister. And she ho- she hosts a podcast that drops weekly on um, her perspective, along with her co-host Goody, um, on hip hop and all things affecting hip hop um, from the from the perspective of women who've been kind of listening to the genre their whole life. So check that out; it's on all the platforms. Uh, check out her podcast. But I was happy that they were able to join me, and um, we had a little bit of a longer podcast. The podcast was podcast was about ninety minutes, and we talked about dating relationships and money and it was really if you haven't checked it out go ahead and and and, um, listen to it on your commute or give yourself some time to check it out it's really interesting to hear different people's perspective Um, it was fun it was fun to do and um, it's also it's nice to know that um, people will come on your platform and be honest and I just want to say that it's not easy to do that for me I I do a podcast um, and I talk about myself to a certain degree and I say things and stuff. So um, I'm used to that. And I know that when people listen to what I say, they're going to hear things about me and I'm okay with that. Um, And it's not easy for other people to kind of come on those kind of platforms and do that, do that. So I'm really appreciate the honesty and transparency of both of my guests. And I appreciate them coming on and us having a really fun episode. So again, if you haven't already done so head back to that previous episode and, and check it out. And I'm still looking for guests. Um, just so you know, summer does not end until September 23rd. So for me, <laughs> you know, someone mentioned on Twitter the other day, we're not on a school schedule as adults. Like summer is not over when Labor Day happens because kids go back to school. That, that's not that's not it. So we still have time and I'm still looking for guests um, to discuss money and relationships. I'd like to have an episode on money and family um, relationships um, and how that circulates through. And also I'd like to talk about... Um, money in us and friendships so we so we've covered dating and relationships i'd like to talk about family and i'd like to do a separate episode on money and friendships so if you're interested feel free again hit me up on the dms hit me up via email um or you know if you know me and you have my number text me and let me know if you want to be a guest so um that was that's to cover that so this week i want to cover <laughs> the elephant in the room or the big thing that everyone's talking about as it relates to money is Jay-Z, Sean Carter, and Rock Nation's collaboration with the NFL. So this is a hot topic in the sense that people have a lot of opinions about it. And I thought it it would be important to talk about it on the podcast today, just because, again, it's a topic that people are discussing, and I wanted to give my perspective on such a topic. Now, you know, I come to this conversation fully, wanting to be fully transparent about a lot of things. One, I am a Jay-Z, as an artist, I'm a Jay-Z fan. As a business person, I am a Jay-Z supporter. Um, if you've heard me, I, I was an early supporter of Tidal. Um, still still subscribe to it, love the content, have gotten a lot of benefits from being a Tidal um, subscriber. I support, you know, I support, I go to concerts. Like I support uh, Jay-Z as an artist and Jay-Z as a businessman. Um, 
I am a big football fan. I have always been, I won't say always, but from college, I've been a huge football fan, huge New York Giants fan, very big into all sports, but definitely football being my favorite. And the last two, I'm going to say two seasons, I have not watched football, did not watch the Super Bowl um, because I just felt like the way the NFL was on some real bullshit. And I was like, you know what, Colin Kaepernick not being able to express himself um, without fear of retribution is not right. Um, the, and the way in which the players, were, the, the teams and the owners were behaving was just not something I was comfortable with. And I decided, and again, not under some sort of larger, like, you know, pressure, just saying, you know what, this is not for me. And I I tried one season. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to watch Giants games. And it just was it didn't feel right for me. And, and that's a sport that I love. And, and I, I was sad to see it, but it wasn't worth what I was feeling conflicted about. Um, fast forward uh, to last year, I believe sometime last year, earlier this year, when uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, settled with the end. He had sued the NFL because basically what, what Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL. And we want to be clear about this. Um, I'm going to be clear about a few things. So um, Colin Kaepernick was kneeling because he wanted to bring attention to police brutality. Um, so he knelt during the national anthem. He never really kind of explained to me, in my opinion, not to me personally, I don't know him, but he never really explained the to the correlation. I think we all made assumptions about the correlation of saying if America is this country that believes in what it says in this song, then it should not be a country that sanctions violence, that government sanction that has go- government sanctioned violence against people, um, black people and people of color. Um, the national anthem itself is a song that extends into a, a, it comes from a, a time in America where it was very this country as it is, but was, um, brutally violent and racist. Um, so the song itself is not something that anybody should truly be standing for, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he did that. He decided that he was going to kneel when they finally figured out that he was kneeling. Someone said, why are you kneeling? He told them and he kept kneeling. It became an issue. His season was already going to shit. He did the, the, the 49ers decided not to pick him back up and then he couldn't get picked up by a team. And he believed that there was a conspiracy against him because of his expression of his First Amendment right, which was to protest. Um, He was being blackballed and unable to get work in a league because he was a viable working quarterback. Um, uh, He did not get a job that next season. And that went on. And again, up to this point, it's been three years that he hasn't been. Either it's been three years since he kneeled or three years since he hasn't worked, something like that. And so he went and he sued himself and Eric Reed. Eric Reed, who, by the way, is still in the NFL. I want to point that out. He's still a player in the NFL. Eric Reed and he, they sued. Um, they sued the NFL. They were in litigation with them. Um, it was going to go into a trial period because, or discovery period because, you know, he was, they were holding the line. And then out of nowhere, um, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed settled with the NFL. They settled this lawsuit um, kind of in, very quiet. Um, they weren't able, particularly Colin has not been able to speak about it and, or, or has chosen not to, I won't say, cause I didn't read the details of his settlement, but he did not, he has chosen not to speak about it. We are, we as a public who supported cap, I'm with cap. We all wore the jerseys. I have a t-shirt, the whole deal. Um, we were not made aware of what the settlement amount was and what the terms of the settlement were. Um, but Colin Kaepernick is still out here saying that he is unable to play, um, and that no teams are, are playing or playing for him, you know, allowing him to play, which I still thought was really wrong. But I was kind of like, well, I guess you resolved that because I take it in the perspective as an, as an employer, right? If my employer terminates me wrong, wrongfully and I sue, 
And because of the, the nature of the work I do, I've seen these lawsuits on the flip side where we as an, as an employer have been sued for someone for a wrongful termination. And usually part of the negotiation is money and the job back. And in some instances, it's just not viable, right? We're like, we can't have this person back. Let's just give them the money and then they can go. Um, or we say it's not a big deal. We'll give them less money, but we'll bring them back. So there's always a negotiation around the actual job. And so Colin Kaepernick and they settled, um, part of his settlement clearly wasn't that he was going to be hired back because he still doesn't have a job and, um, the, everything else, the NDA non-disclosed kind of like no speaking terms, um, for which we understand it. I don't know if that's a li- literally written in paper cause I haven't read the settlement. So that was some time ago, and now um, this week we get the notification that Jay-Z's Rock Nation, the company that he is a co-founder of, has partnered with the NFL for um, a collaborative effort on the, a collaborative effort for which Rock Nation will be producing the halftime shows, as well as um, there will be some sort of collaborative, some very unclear collaborative effort between the NFL and Rock Nation to develop and implement social justice programs and community-based programs to, I guess, help mitigate or do good in communities of color or communities that are, that are um, affected by this injustice of police brutality. Now, again, I'm going to speak as a person who is a fan of Jay-Z, but can be objective. That sounds like a bunch of gibberish to me. I still am unclear as to what the collaboration between Rock Nation and, 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 and the NFL is. I watched Jay-Z's press conference with Roger Goodell. Still unclear. Jay-Z was kind of talking in circles, and it almost felt like he wasn't prepared. Either he was, wasn't prepared for the backlash or the questions he was going to get, or he was very nervous about it, and therefore he was kind of fumbling. Jay-Z does, is not a man of many words when he's interviewing, so it would, it, it's, it would be it's not surprising that he, wasn't, he didn't interview well because he doesn't interview well. That's why he don't interview a lot. Um, and he doesn't interview well into situations where he's uncomfortable, which was obvious. Um, you know, Jay-Z has been praised more than he's been criticized in recent years, so I, I don't know if he's just not used to the criticism or what have you also too jay-z's always portray himself as a businessman who does what he does and does not feel bad about it so it's not it's not so it wouldn't be surprising to me if he felt very fine about whatever he did and was and was cool with it so i was still unclear is my point i was unclear about what it is that jay-z and rock nation are going to be doing as it relates to social justice when he was asked about colin kaepernick his answer was not a good answer he said basically that and I would say it was not a good answer in the sense of the way he delivered it. The way he chose to deliver the answer. I mean, I don't like when people are having serious conversations and they laugh. People do that when they're very nervous, but I hate it. Um, and when he did that, I could tell. And I was like, that's annoying. That's going to play wrong. Because he was laughing. And he was trying to not trivialize it, but he was laughing. And he shouldn't have laughed. Okay, delivery was off. Um, I don't understand why him and Roger Goodell was dressed in like weekend cash. That's just the thing that distracted me. And if you know me, you know I hate Jay-Z's hair. Like, hate it with all of the fibers of my being. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, But whatever. That's neither here nor there. It was mostly covered by his paper planes hat, which was fine. Because that hair is just, ugh, to me. Anywho. um, So, it's still unclear what they're going to do. Um, He was defensive. I mean, you know, that's what he would be when you're doing something that people are going to question you. When he said about Kaepernick that we're moving past the kneeling, I understood what he meant. I did not like what he said. 
Um, and and therefore, and from that spawned immense amount of backlash. People started writing articles, think pieces. Jay Z's a traitor. Jay Z is this. Jay Z is that. Jay Z's a businessman. He's a capitalist. He's all these things. Um, the quotes and things. I mean, the headlines and the articles. Jay Z whitewashed um, Colin Kaepernick's whole movement. Jay Z's basically the token Negro for the white NFL who needs somebody to take the heat off of them. Um, that Jay Z sacrificed Colin Kaepernick in his effort to get money again. I am unclear about the financial benefit here. I recognize that there's probably a financial benefit to being the producer of the halftime show, but the whole thing about the social justice programs, I was like, how is Jay Z and Rock Nation going to benefit financially from that? But okay. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know the details enough to be critical of those details. I just know that from an optics level, this move does not look well. That optic and that thing and that, th- I mean, it's spiral. Twitter's going crazy and it's still going crazy about it. And black people are pissed. Oh, the blacks are pissed. And um, it's funny because not all, right? Some are really mad. Some are like, whatever, Jay-Z is doing the right thing. And here is my perspective. Because my perspective is shifts and alters as the storyline continues. So when I first heard it, I was like, what? What Jay-Z did? What? Let me hear what he's talking about. Then I saw his, his press conference. I'm like, damn, Jigga, that really wasn't cool the way you spoke about that. Then I had time in between us to think about the whole scenario, who Jay-Z is, and how we got there. So again, my first scenario was like, what? Then I was like, wait, Jay-Z, you, you, you mad well for this conversation. Then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? And again, I'm not a Jay-Z apologist. When he do fuck shit, I'll say it. But I thought about it. I said, who do we know Jay-Z to be to this point? That's how I looked at it. I said, up to this point, who do we know Jay-Z to be? We know him to be a businessman. That's for sure. We know him to be somebody who really focuses on his business. We've known him in the past to do things, particularly the breakup of Rock, Rock, Rockefeller and all that stuff, to do business that is beneficial to himself over the benefit of his fellow business people. Jay-Z is a little bit ruthless when it comes to business, when it comes to himself over people who he thinks are no longer um, viable, useful, or he's not in good place and space with. We've also known Jay-Z to be exceptionally generous to those people who he's in business with, who he, he does feel either a good relationship with or he's beneficial to me know that so he can be both ways he's a businessman he can be relentless against those who he thinks are no longer beneficial to him and he can be ex- exceptionally generous to those who he either loves or is still in good relationship with etc that we know that to be we also know the facts to be that jay-z's evolution the evolution of jay-z as a social justice um cognizant artist and a person with a platform has evolved we know that we've seen him go from a person who really only wanted to do things in the background who really just couldn't couldn't really get as deeply involved as we wanted him to be to a person who when sean bell was murdered um, he stepped in and he he set up a trust fund for Sean Bell's kids and he he helped out. He put them in a campaign. He did things and he did things behind the scene. That and Sean Bell's murder was what? I mean, that was 2000 and I want to say, oh gosh, I don't even know. Was that 2003? That was so long ago, right? Um, and so that so we've seen that from there to Trayvon Martin to where he started to speak out more to to when he developed Rock Nation and the things that they were doing behind the scenes and how Rock Nation would get involved in all these um, people's cases where there was injustice and he would all, they would offer services and money and financial support to people who were being given an unfair shake. And, you know, we've seen this evolution down to the Meek Mill thing. We've watched it. And so we say to ourselves, where, who is, I said to myself, I said, who is Jay-Z? Is Jay-Z somebody who, I trust as far as a person who's going to do the right thing. And up to this point, I have to say he is. He's someone who's basically through his track record has proven to me that he's not going to do something just for the money. Right. And that he will do things that have been that will be advantageous to him 
and there will still be things that can be supportive of others. I don't see Jay-Z as somebody who's turned his back on the community or any of that stuff. I could be wrong and I'm willing to be wrong. I'm just saying who he is and who he's demonstrated himself to be. There's a lot of the last big controversy of who Jay-Z was came in the form of that Brooklyn Nets Barclays Center thing where he allowed himself to be put on the foot in the face of it where he wasn't actually as financially um, benefiting as financially as people may have assumed because he was the face of it. He allowed them to make himself the face of it and he, that eventually took the heat for things that were um, far out of his control because he had a very small stake in in the Brooklyn Nets as a company, as an uh, as an organization. And so um, maybe he learned from that experience. Maybe something came of that where he's doing this a little bit differently. We time will have to tell. But up to that point, when it got to that point of just saying, I said, you know what? I believe that Jay Z has demonstrated to us that he does things with integrity as far as the business person goes and that um, he's not going to turn his back on his community. I understand why as a community, we're afraid that he will do that because we've seen black people ascend to a certain place and space and then turn their backs. We've seen it. We've watched it. And it's very scary to think that he could be one of those people, but we haven't seen that yet. So I couldn't come down on Jay-Z and be as critical as other people were being. I second that by saying that I was very um, turned off from Colin Kaepernick when he took the deal and didn't explain to us what he took a deal for, yet still wanted us to fight the fight. I didn't know what fight we were still fighting anymore because Cal Colin Kaepernick still wants to work in the NFL. He still wants to be employed by this organization for which he is saying is so racist and fucked up and that Jay-Z should never do business with and we shouldn't watch until he, he, one person, has a job. And that would still be okay if, in fact, other people have been blackballed and not employed because they were kneeling or forced the way some of them had to have to not kneel. Um, we can still fight that fight because it's a fight. But when he took the deal, I don't know what provisions he made within his deal that would have made it so that other people can continue to kneel. Right. That that political protests are acceptable in the NFL. That. He would have gotten a job back, whatever the case is. But we don't know because he didn't tell us. So we're following blindly behind a movement and don't know all the details. So I don't, I'm not cool with that. I'm also not cool with being critical of Jay-Z's deal without knowing all the details. So I'm a person who needs some details. But I was a little bit done with Colin with that. I didn't think that was cool. He had riled up an entire and gotten a whole you know, group of people on his side in support of his mission. And then when it came down to it. He didn't, he didn't tell us when he made the deal and I didn't like that. And I thought that that said to me that he was off it. That's how I took it. He was off this because he didn't tell, it was like it was done and we didn't really hear from him. And that's the other problem I have with Colin Kaepernick. We don't hear from him enough. His girlfriend, Nessa speaks out a lot. Eric Reed is a mouthpiece, but Colin Kaepernick himself, he don't speak out. And I don't really like that because you got too much riding. And now you want to, now you're putting us in a position where we have to choose. Well, I would say Jay-Z put us in that position, but we're in a position now we have to choose between you and Jay-Z. And he's speaking, all at, at, all, albeit very inartfully, but he's speaking and you're not speaking. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear why you're pissed or why we should be pissed, etc. So that kind of took me. But then it continues my, here we go with the ebb and flow because I would say, look, Jay-Z must got, got something that, that he wants us to, he's doing something. So let's see. Then we get to the point where the news, the news breaks in the next day that Jay-Z is going to become a significant, not remember like his, not like his Brooklyn Nets deal. He's going to become a significant um, partial owner in an, in, an, in an NFL team. Now that brings, right? You're like, wait a minute. What does that mean? Now that's a financial benefit. 
that is where the benefit comes financially so i'm saying wait whoa did jay-z just do this for his own financial gain did he throw everybody under the bus for his own financial gain and then i thought about it i'm like wait a minute if jay-z owns or is a partial owner of a team that puts him in a position to have a seat at the table and it puts him in a position to make decisions about a team up to and including whether or not they choose to hire Colin Kaepernick. So I said, well, okay, is this like a chess move? I don't really play chess like that, but I've tried and it's a hard game. So I'm like, is this a chess move? Does this put him at the at the table? Does this make it so that he can make some changes? He's on the board because if he's a partial owner, he's basically on the board. I mean, what are there, 32 NFL teams? So there's essentially 32 or more owners. That's not that many people. That's a boardroom. And that's a place in space where if you have a voice, a black voice, a voice that can can speak to what um, is going on or what needs to be spoken to, that makes a difference. Um, so I said, okay, wait a minute. I think Jay-Z might be making a power move here. So again, my, my thoughts and, and feelings evolved throughout the whole process. But I will say this, you know, it's important for us as a society to be critical thinkers. The fact that we're not critical thinkers is why we have Donald Trump as president right now. Too many of us want to have um, go into groupthink. If one person says they're upset about something without going to find out the details, we'll just say, okay, me too. Me too, me too. And then everyone's opinion gets to be dictated by the opinion of someone else rather than the facts. I know who I know, who I believe Jay-Z to be in our society. I know that he's not Malcolm X. I, I know that. Jay-Z's not willing to die behind this, okay? He ain't that. There are some people similarly affixed to like Jay-Z who are like that. There are some people who have a revolutionary spirit that are like, you know what? I'm gonna self-sacrifice in a lot of ways in order to to do what needs to be done. I think Nick Cannon has that spirit, right? He They was bothering him over at NBC and he was like, I don't need this AGT money, I'm out. Um, he, he, he's one of those kind of people, but that's different. And we need all of those people. We need the Nick Cannons. You know, we need the Nick Cannons. We needed the Nipsey Hustles. We need the, the Diddy's as much as people get, we need Diddy. We need Jay-Z. You know, we need all of these people who have this type of power. We also need the Michael Eric Dysons. We need the freaking, you know, the, the Maxine Waters. We need people in every place and space who are going to be willing to do what they do to help affect change. We need all those people. So you're an author. We needed Toni Morrison. We need these people in all their spaces and places to do their thing. We need Tyler Perry. You know, as much as he annoys me sometimes, we need that. We need Oprah. We need these people. We need Ava DuVernay. We need the people who are in their place and space. And don't get it twisted and don't get it fucked up. Ava's getting money. Michael Eric Dyson's getting money. Nick Cannon is getting money. Oprah Winfrey got all oh, 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 the money. Okay. These people are getting money. And, and, and they're doing it and they're getting money through doing the thing that they're good at, but they're also making it so that they're opening up places and spaces for people of color. Ava DuVernay is a director, okay? And she has become a social justice warrior through her, just, through her directing. And then people will come at you and say, well, you can't expect these entertainers to do. That's not true. Entertainers were funding the civil rights movement. Harry Belafonte... And those folks were funding the civil rights movement. Muhammad Ali, self-sacrificing. He said, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to Vietnam. If y'all got to put me in jail, whatever y'all got to do. He was a person who was like, I'll lay it all on the line. And he did. 
lay it all on the line. He made the sacrifice. He was able to bounce back, and he and he's gone on to be the greatest of all time. And he did. He 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 was able to do that through his craft, through the popularity that he had. So everybody does it, and they do it in different ways. So I don't believe in a conversation that says these people should not be looked upon for the, to be part of the social justice movement. I don't agree with that. When you have money, and you have exposure, and you have a platform, it is your responsibility to use that platform to do the good work, however you choose to do it. Now, you're still going to be a person who's going to make money. You know, you're still going to be that person, and we can't discount making money being a person who earns money and who gains money and, and make that to be that you are no longer a viable voice for the movement. That's not true. Sometimes the movement needs money. The movement needs access. The movement needs people at the table. Ava DuVernay is, is at the table. And so she's able to say, when I'm directing a movie, when I'm directing a show, I want all women directors. I want all black directors. I'm going to hire black actors. Like she's able to do that. Tyler Perry's able to do that. But these people have money. And, and Tyler Perry more so, he built his own studio in Atlanta, in the hood of Atlanta, because he had money. And he's saying, hey, we're going to make our own table. You know, so it, it is, it is, um, it, it, it's it's unfair to make it seem like people with money cannot also be people who want to push the movement of social justice and that every person's willingness to sacrifice themselves is not is not the same right the way in which people are willing to sacrifice there are some people who will sacrifice their money you know this in life there's some people who are like i'll give money to everything but i'm not going outside to protest nothing those people are not insignificant to the movement because the movement needs money Right. And so the people who are willing to go out there and get arrested, who's going to bail them out? You need money. And so it's we can't we can't look at these things and say it has to be one or the other. And in that instance and in that looking at that, I, I look at Jay-Z and say this move, I want to see how it pans out. I'm not saying I support what Hove is doing or I don't support it. I say that I know this person, meaning this persona, this public figure, I know what he's done. And I know what he's what he's shown me as his track record as of late. Okay. And so I will say that there's no nothing about what he's done as of late that says to me that he is in a, some sort of money grab. I think if anything, I would be looking at Jay-Z thinking he's in a power grab. That I see because money, you know, yes, he's trying to build generational wealth, but Jay-Z got a lot of money. Let's not get it fucked up. Jay-Z got a lot of money. OK, and, and don't forget when you get into places and spaces where you have to um, places like the NFL, you got to put in money too. like you can't just come up. You're not going to just make money right off the grip. Um, you got to put in money. And, and I think that Jay-Z is looking for a power grab, a power grab. And those with power are the ones who are making Colin Kaepernick's life hell. It's not money that's making him because guess what? When he sued them, they gave him the money. They, this is not about money. This is about power. And so he. Is, is is fighting against power and now i see to me in my perspective looks like jay-z's after a power grab so jay-z i would rather jay-z do this i'm gonna say this i would rather he do this than try to run for office i don't want that i don't want jay-z to try to be a politician i want him to do what he do which is to be a businessman and power grab where he can and do what he can to affect change in those spaces you know i read a stat this morning that said there are 2600 nfl players 2600 and i want to say probably 80 to 90 percent of the league of those 2600 people are probably black and that could be a little too high but it's a high number the majority of the players in the nfl are black but we're talking about 2600 people right so that's the total we're talking about maybe let's say 25 20 
2,200 of them are black. We talk about black people in this country are make up 13% of the population. Okay. And the fight we're discussing and having boils down to out of that 2,300 people, the getting one person a job, that's small. That's small. That's a small thing. That's a small thing. It's more important for the effect of the change to impact and be done and spread on the 13% of the population, not on this 20, this, this one specific 2,300 bunch of young men. And so I want, I want to be able to look at this with a clear view and say, Hey, let's see what this is. If JC turns out to have to turn, got up there and turn his back on his people, that's perfectly fine. Trust me. I don't believe not employing Colin Kaepernick is turning your back on it. I, again, I need more. I got questions about Colin and I didn't before, but I definitely got questions about Colin. After that settlement, I got some questions about Colin Kaepernick and how he's moving and how he's choosing to do this and what this is actually about because police brutality is what this started as about. And now we're talking about Colin not having a job and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I want to know what his mission, where we are in this and what he's going to do. And Jay-Z's right. There are some actionable items that need to be kind of put to the table. But again, in the negotiation over money, Colin Kaepernick was there to do that. Where, what did he negotiate? He's saying he's ready to work and he's ready to go back in the NFL. So Jay-Z can't do business with the NFL, but Colin Kaepernick wants to go back and be paid by the NFL and work in the same NFL. It's very confusing, but that's my opinion, my perspective. I think in general, we have to look at people of all else and say listen what are you willing to do in your realm in your area to affect change you know for me I'm not a big I don't have a big you know big place in space but I know that when I look I I make sure that I'm conscious of giving chances to people who other people wouldn't give chances to that's what I can do because I'm in a position to give chances to people I'm in a position to look at people and try to um, see past what other people may not because of their own isms may not see past and, and and I try to do that and that's how I can affect the small change in my world I do a podcast where I talk about the ways in which we need to empower ourselves and break the chains of financial debt and burden and things that are holding us back that's the way I can smallly affect change right I can't I know myself and who I am I'm not on the front lines but I support when they do fundraisers when anything I give money because I know what I can do I donate to candidates I those are things that I can do to try to affect the change small and what and where we are and what we do I'm, I'm on my community board you know I haven't been to the meetings in a while but I'm, I've, I'm on my community board I need to go back I stay abreast of that I follow that and again I donate and give money in places and spaces where I can so that I can be part of it that's what I can do. I can't roll up in the NFL and buy a team. But um, there are people who would say I'm not doing enough. There are people who would say that what I should do is X, Y, or Z. And so I don't want to be that critical of Jay-Z in that way. I want to say, let me see what you're going to do. Let me take from it who you are, what we've seen you to be. And allow you to pace the place, the space, and the grace to see where this is going to go. And I think that Making Colin Kaepernick the gateway is not the right thing. He's one person with one experience. Um, and I do think that Jay-Z could have handled this differently. But at the same time, I want to give him, like I said, the grace to see where this goes. And I'm like I say, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be like, hey, I thought Jay-Z was going to do something else. He went up there, got that money and never looked back. Um, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be who we've seen. I could be wrong. I don't know him personally. Never met the man. Um, so I don't know. I never had a conversation with him, so I don't know. But again, what we've seen, I don't believe that to be who he is. And I'm going to give him the grace 
and the space because I think we are so anxious to to tear down our perception of, of a person um, and we're very afraid. We're very afraid that someone's going to do something and turn their back on us. And I understand that because it comes from it comes from history. It comes from where we come from. And so I know that we are willing to we are easily swayed to do that. And people love to see us do that. But I'm not going to do that, P- particularly if I have a, a platform, be it as small as it is a platform to speak. I'm not going to use that platform and tear down someone who has not shown me. That he needs to be torn down. But you guarantee and believe. If I get to a point where I see that Jay-Z done did some fuck shit. I will be right here on this microphone. Ripping him up. But for right now. I want to give him grace. Because he has done nothing yet to demonstrate to me. Except for fumble a freaking pre- press. You know a press. Money was what was that, a press conference. And say some words in you know in an in, in artful way. He hasn't done anything yet for me to say. You know what let me condemn him. And there are questions. That need answers. And I'm hoping that he'll provide them. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep watching, keep looking and seeing and not allow um, other people's opinion to dictate my opinion. And I think that that's something that we and we, we shouldn't we need to get away from. In addition, and finally, I'm going to wrap up with this. You know, college is an experience. You know, right now we're seeing, seeing a lot of kids going off to college. Um, uh, people in my life, their kids are going off to college. My godson, we're about to start his senior year and he's going to be going off to college. And, you know, I know people say college is not for everybody. And I get that. But there is something about the college experience that is really critical. And it's the part where you learn critical thinking. Because all those those general education classes that you think are just silly, are there to teach you about critical thinking. And critical thinking is very important in this world, right? You see it. It's like the ability to look at something and think critically about it and form an opinion. That is what most of your classwork is. The teacher gives you something, they send you home with it, you read it, you take in all of the facts and information, and then you spit back out what your analysis of it is. That is a critical like, thought. That is a critical thought exercise that is necessary. Because you see it now. People don't even want the facts. They see a headline. They boom. That's it. They decide it. Or they hear someone else's opinion. And they don't even think they need facts. You know. And that's what that's what some things about college teach you. The, the, the reliance on facts. The being able to fact check. Go back. Look. Come up with. And, and, and also being challenged. Part of college in the early part is just being challenged on what you believe. What your beliefs are. They, they challenge you. And it's important to, to do that. So I think that you know. I know people say college is not for everybody, but going to college does give you some of those skill sets. I'm so proud of the young people in my life who are off to college. And um, I really do think that, you know, there's value in that. And maybe we should start teaching that earlier than college. Maybe we should teach it in high school. But definitely it's a skill set that needs to be taught and, and curated and, and really, really like honed in on because it is lacking. And you can see it through this situation right now where too many people are unable, unwilling to actually look for facts and to actually consider a, a different perspective than what other people are saying. And that's sad. And again, that's how we end up with a president like Donald Trump. So that was kind of like my commentary on that. Um, next week's episode, we're going to get to back to some fine points. We're going to talk about some savings, some um, real estate investments, and some um, some back to school type. How do we get prepared? And then we're going to always bring out what we do in this time of year is bring, getting prepared for Christmas early and ahead of time. Um, we've had some discussions about how do you fund um, 
I've had some discussion in the background about doing an episode on how do you fund your kids' extracurricular activities um, and also talking about retirement. Um, for some pe- folks, retirement is closer than you think. And so we want to continue to discuss retirement and retirement options. Again, if you have interest in being on the podcast, again, in the couple of, next couple of episodes to talk about money and family and money and friendships, um, hit me up. My, um, follow me on Facebook at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Instagram at Financial Emancipation. Um, and hit me up with the, via DM or email me at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K, at thefinancialemancipation.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and if you are, if you love this episode or any episodes before, share this podcast with a friend. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, all I'm um, Apple Music. <laughs> I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and anywhere else, and, and on SoundCloud. So share the podcast, share it in your social media if you like the episode. Tell a friend and tell a friend if someone's looking for something to listen to. Share with three friends and just so, you know, just to get this get this movement moving, um, and and get people talking. So thank you so much, and um, I hope you'll be back to join me as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Have a great day.